those who are privy to the automotive world know the glitz and glam of the auto shows. Historically, these shows are the places where many of the major players reveal their newest vehicles. But that's changing. Stellantis announced it'll be sitting out two major events this year, citing cost concerns. The Consumer Electronics Show, which starts tomorrow, and the Chicago Auto Show in February. And then this news came out. The Detroit Three, Stellantis, Ford, and GM, have also said that they will not be advertising during the 2024 Super Bowl. Those ad spots cost millions of dollars. Today, a new year of cars and marketing and what this might tell us about the future. This is Stateside. I'm April Bear. The news about Stellantis is a big deal. If you talk with people in the know, they'll tell you that even after a year of auto news curveballs, this one's a little surprising. With Stellantis coming out and saying they're reevaluating pretty much every auto show in North America this year, that's pretty startling. It's definitely not something you hear every day. That's Jamie LaRoe. She covers the automotive industry for the Detroit Free Press, and she's our guest today. So it is a statement for sure that they're looking at every area they can to cut costs. Mm. Did Stellantis say anything specific? I mean, the, the phrase that they used was it's a challenging U.S. automotive market. Yeah. Help me interpret here. What is what is actually being said? You know, they gave this very bland statement and they would not go deeper than that. You know, my instinct would be, when you look at the fact that they pulled out of CES, which is in Las Vegas this month, and they cited the added cost that the UAW contract cost them, I would assume that perhaps maybe that's part of this. Hmm. I do know that GM has talked about cost cutting and trimming costs and being sure to look at their advertising. You know, so Stellantis may consider an auto show marketing and advertising, and maybe that is an area they're considering as well to help pay for some of the added expenses with the UAW contract and other things. But again, it's speculation because all we have is the statement that they gave us. This all is happening at a time when there's enormous fleet change going on among automakers. I just wanted to ask, Jamie, like, can you tell us a little bit about what's going on at auto shows these days? I don't know if you ever travel to the ones outside Detroit, but can you give us a sense of what they're for, like what what it's become? It, there was a time when this is where you went to see, but also to schmooze. What's the character of the auto shows these days? You know, I've been covering the auto industry now for 20 years. Ugh, I'm old. And, um, <laughs> and I've gone to many auto shows domestically and overseas. In recent years, I've stayed mostly close to home, the Detroit show. But in the glory days, if you want to call it that, back in the early 2000s, you know, there were these extravagant reveals, you know, of these new vehicles and all the media from all over the world would be there. And these automakers would put on these really brilliant shows to reveal something, especially as a really, you know, hot, new, sexy item, like, you know, when GM brought back the Camaro or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they would want the media to be impressed and write about it. There's your free advertising. If everybody writes about how beautiful this car is, and it gets in all these newspapers and TV and digital and all that, 
it's free advertising. You know, COVID kind of changed things where they started doing the reveals virtually or they started doing them as small little venues because there was no auto show. And I think they've now kind of gotten away from maybe doing those elaborate reveals. Will they go back to it? Maybe, I don't know. And I think the other thing too is the public always looked at the auto shows as a place to go and really, you know, touch the car, sit in the car, kick the tires. You know, you've got your product specialist there that would talk about the vehicles and that kind of thing. And the shows have gotten smaller. The platforms and the various staging from automakers have have become smaller and less dramatic. You know, last year, there weren't as many automakers at the Detroit show as there's been in the past. So the smaller the venue gets, the less maybe people come. And maybe I'm speculating here because I don't know if they have any way to say, okay, we're getting a return on our investment or we're not. It's probably hard to track that person that goes to an auto show, sits inside, say, a Jeep, and then goes to a dealership and buys one. Right. You know, right. I, I don't know how you track that. So what's the point of an auto show? Well, the point of the auto show is for reveals of new vehicles so that the media will write about it. And then also to get the public through the doors to kick the tires and maybe go to a dealership and buy your car. Have some physical experience of it, right? Now, a lot of people hearing this will know that the automakers have been more of a presence at the Consumer Electronics Show, especially as automotive systems have become more digital. Uh, and, and notably, Stellantis is taking a pass on CES this year, too. Um, <laughs> I kind of imagine that everybody under 40 is like, well, duh, anybody who's selling anything should go to CES. And everybody over 40 is like, why would anybody go to CES if they're selling cars? Do you think that there's some truth to the automakers needing to show that they are in on the digital game now that their cars have chips. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, just look at this, the presence that GM has had there in, in recent years and other automakers and a lot of automakers have revealed new technology there. I think it's a, it's a platform that they definitely want to set themselves up to be seen as software companies that just happen to make cars. And and I mean, that is the place to do it. You know, like I say, Stellantis is skipping that too this year. And, and they're saying that it's a cost factor and they cited the UAW contract. We need to take a break. When we come back... Analysts that I've talked to have said this is looking to shape up to be the best year to buy a car since before COVID. That's in a minute. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. Support for the stateside podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Jamie, you alluded to the fact that you've observed, uh, I think it was GM, 
making some changes in its marketing strategy. Do you have any any sign of what the other manufacturers are thinking about, like how you tell a story about a, about a vehicle in 2024? You know, that's a good question. And I think they're trying to get their stories out in more maybe cost effective, but yet far reaching ways using social media, perhaps, um, you know, special digital type commercials and, um, you know, those kinds of routes using different and alternative kinds of um, advertising versus those really heavy bottom line, expensive Super Bowl ads and things like that. You know, I think the more they can get people feeling their cars and driving their cars, I think they're they're counting on influencers and things like that to spread the word. I mean, look at how the Chevy track, I mean, that that little subcompact SUV, um, I didn't see a lot of traditional advertisement for that, but the word got around because that car flew off the shelves. That was one of GM's biggest sellers this year. It sold 110,000 of those things. Wow. You know, so people found it. You know, they found the car that was cute, and they liked it, and all five trim levels were priced under twenty five thousand. Mm. Old, so you know, I think that's kind of what they're taking their playbook of more alternative types of ways to reach people that are going to get people in the car and spread word of mouth, and you know, they're going to get the buyers. Jamie, have you seen any forecasts that tell you maybe what we should expect in automotive sales? It has been such a bonkers couple of years, not just because of the UAW strike, but also all the ups and downs of the COVID period and shortly after. Yeah, and this year is expected to be about 15.8 to 16 million vehicles is the forecast I've seen, which would be up slightly from 2023. So it will be It'll definitely be up a little bit. One of the things that consumers have been waiting on is affordability. And I think people are going to wait and see, okay, if the Fed lowers interest rates and automakers start offering some more incentives and money on the hood and that kind of thing, then they'll get back in the market. And that's expected to happen this year. You know, analysts that I've talked to have said this is looking to shape up to be the best year to buy a car since before COVID because they're expecting those interest rates to come down. They're expecting more money on the hood, more incentives, and and supply will get better. And of course, supply and demand, the more supply you have, the price will come down. You won't be paying close to sticker like in the last few years. And I think that will make a difference. And I think as the year progresses, you're going to see that momentum in sales increase. Is there anything new that you're aware of in terms of incentives for EVs, either from federal or state? Well, the only thing I know is GM has said they will replace the $7,500 tax credit that a couple of their EVs are no longer qualified for. So consumers will still get that $7,500. It'll just come from GM instead of the government until GM can get sourcing for a couple different parts that disqualified those vehicles, then they'll be qualified and you'll still get the 7,500. So in other words, GM's not going to let consumers 
miss out on that 7,500. That's one thing. But there are several vehicles out there um, for it. I think the Mach-E is no longer qualified for the 7,500. The Silverado, the work truck is. And by the time the retail truck comes to market, GM told me they will have sourced all the parts from not China. And so they will qualify and that will get the 7,500. So they are working on it and the list is constantly being updated and changing. Jamie LaRoe covers automotive at the Detroit Free Press. You can read her and all their other reporters at Freep.com. Jamie, thank you so much. Thank you. That's the Stateside Podcast for today. I'm April Bear. You can find full stateside episodes at michiganradio.org. Today's pod episode was produced by Rachel Ishikawa. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, Ronia Cabansag, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. Our interns are Olivia Meradian and Laura Neon. Our executive producer is Laura Weber-Davis. Music for the podcast comes from Blue Dot Sessions and also from Audio Network. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.